Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers Podcasting Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, James Nichols, and as always, I'm here with my good buddy, John Zella. What's going on, pal? Not a whole lot. It's a little lonely. There's no there's no <laughs> hockey at all. Islander hockey is a little, it, it's been on pause for a while. Um, some news to talk about. And we're excited to bring on an awesome guest. Yeah, today we're welcomed by Molly Walker of The Post. Molly, how are you? Yes, hi. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we are very excited to have you on today. We, we were going back and forth for a couple of weeks trying to get this to work out. You're yeah. super busy, of course. It's, so we were, definitely was, got a little hectic at the end there, especially with yeah. the Islanders. So, And yeah, then when the Rangers got the number one overall pick, my whole life just turned upside down. Yeah. <laughs> So you boomed uh, as of late, uh, as far as I know. Tell us a little bit about how your experience has gone. My what? I'm sorry, I didn't your, even hear you. Your experience in, in with the whole after the pandemic and everything. That's I feel like that's oh. when you really started to boom. So how did that go for you? Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was an unfortunate situation for me. You know, I graduated from UMass in May, and I got the job with the Post in June, and. Um, I was put on hockey relatively early and I started going back and forth between the Rangers and the Islanders and I finally was starting to get comfortable in the locker room and and wow. the players started finally recognizing me and knowing my name, you know, and getting familiar with me and then the whole world shut down and 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 the availability just changed entirely and you know, they don't send you to get a journalism degree, you know, to learn how to ask questions with everybody else listening in yeah. and and things like that. So it definitely changed the whole dynamic dynamic but I mean obviously it's a safety thing and I totally understand it but I can only hope that you know it, it goes back to normal eventually because that's yeah. obviously where the best stories are, are made and found so we'll see <laughs> which team do you prefer to cover and why is it the Islanders do not ask <laughs> me that question I am an unbiased journalist that yeah. has no preference ever <laughs> that means the Rangers <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I don't know. We heard there's a they. You either did or didn't have a certain player's po- uh, poster above your bed. But, you know, <laughs> um, but, well, maybe we we have to leave that off the air. Of course, no. I mean, I definitely I will say that you know we obviously we have Larry Brooks as our number one Rangers writer. Um, so I definitely was given more of the Islanders shifts at the end there. So I definitely got developed better relationships with the players in the Islanders locker room before I got, especially because I grew up a Ranger fan. So it definitely took me a little bit longer to get comfortable in the Rangers locker room being, you know, completely calm, cool and collected all the time. Um, But then I finally got, got out of that. But um, for the, for the Islanders, I definitely feel like I started to develop better relationships there because I was there more often, I guess I'd say. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Well, after everything is all said and done, uh, you know, it was a hectic couple of months, but everyone could use a drink. So I guess now is the perfect time to talk about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, makers of the Barn Rocker, the official beer of the New York Islanders. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to the nautical history of the Gold Coast of Long Island. Their products are thoroughly New York at heart, blending new and old world techniques with creativity and style. Head to OysterBayBrewing.com to see the full lineup of beers uh, hard seltzers and pick up some merch to represent Long Island's best breweries. You can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Oyster Bay Brewing with no G, uh, and visit their brewery at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week. Uh, okay, so the last time we spoke, uh, the the series between Dallas and the, the Lightning had still been going on. 
the Lightning prevail. They they win the Stanley Cup uh, just a few days ago. Uh, I'm happy that they beat the, that they beat the Islanders and went on to win the Cup. I'm not happy they beat the Islanders, but if somebody was going to win the Cup, I'm glad it was uh, the the people or the team who had beaten the Islanders. Do you agree, John? Yeah, I guess that makes it a little bit nicer, um, and that it was a very similar series, and the outcome was the same. You know, four to two. Uh, I don't know. That makes it a little easier to swallow, uh, but still a little bitter because we were that close. Yeah, I don't want to take away from the Bolts' win, but watching that series and Molly, let me know if you agree. I think the Islanders could have taken the the, the Stars. Oh, a hundred and ten percent, a hundred and ten percent. They would have skated right with them, but I mean, but. The lightning was. I, I didn't think. I really didn't. I. I looked. Looking up and down the lightning lineup. I just. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared for the Islanders. I really was. It was. Their lineup is just so, offensively talented and and so deep that it, it just. I mean that first line is one of the best lines in in the NHL. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about the differences between the uh, the lightning and the the Islanders later. Um, and what the Islanders might be able to do to retool this offseason. But, uh, you know, when you have a Nikita Kucherov, you have a Victor Hedman, you know, a Hart Trophy winner, uh, a Norris Trophy winner, and, uh, you know, Andre Vasilevsky also won the Vezina. Um, and that, that they did all that without Steven Stamkos. He came back. He scored a goal in the two minutes that he played. Ridiculous. You know, storyline for you, obviously, you know, to, to be writing whenever you want. Um, but it was just unreal. A lot of people thought Dallas was, you know, going to win. Um, and they try to, you know, duplicate their, their system. It's a, it's a copycat league. John and I have, uh, you know, talked about that a lot, but, um, something that we were wondering is, do you, in your opinion, think that Dallas, uh, is a better version of the Islanders, despite thinking that they would have, you know, skated toe to toe with them. Um, do they just have maybe the firepower that we don't that might have put them over the edge? I don't know if it was firepower. I think it might have been momentum. If I if I were to put pin it on something, I think that they had a great run going. I think Kudobin in general pumped so much life into that team from behind. Yeah. You know, I just I feel like it was a momentum thing in the Western Conference. You know, with that, I mean, I I thought it was going to be Vegas. I thought Vegas was going to come out on top of that series 110%. Um, but again, it was it was totally a momentum thing. You know, what I think back to that video of Kudobin in the locker room, the, we're not going home. I was like, <laughs> oh, God. I was like, I would not want to be in front of that. I yeah. would not want to be in his way. So I definitely think, you know, at playoffs in any league, it's it's a game of momentum. And, and they for sure – caught that momentum wave and it carried them right to the Stanley Cup finals. And I think that for the Islanders, it kind of got disrupted, especially with losing a couple players to injury and stuff. Yeah. It, it really started to rock the boat a little bit. And, and that's what kind of cut them short, I feel. Dallas, to me, is a little bit more like St. Louis winning last year. I think they are tougher than the Islanders. So going head to head, you get a guy like Jamie Ben that can score goals and is just an absolute mutant. Um, it was like they didn't have an answer for as tough as you know Clutterbuck and and Martin and Boychuk. Um, uh, Maroon was is just a giant out there. there <laughs> the Islanders just did not have an answer for a guy like that. And you know Jamie Ben and the, just the snarl of the the Dallas forwards that score goals. 
you know, so those those guys, who's 47 on the stars? Why am I forgetting Radulab. his name? Mm. Radulov. You know, he's got, you know, he's a lot like Kucherov, but I he's think he's, pop, but he's got a little bit more of a, um, man, it looks like a melted foot, but the, <laughs> I, I, I think he's a, um, I think he's got a little bit more of a mean streak than Kucherov and Kucherov, it was dirty against the Islanders. Yeah. I don't, well, um, I, I don't recall seeing as much in the Dallas lightning series as I did against the, the lightning and the Islanders. There was a lot more, a little chippy stuff, um, you know, behind the play and, and little things in that series, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that Dallas is a little bit closer to that St. Louis as far as that just overall toughness. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just Jamie Ben's post game interview, he could taste it. You could just tell that he yeah. literally could taste it. That was devastating. And then it was ripped out from underneath him. You know, oh, my heart broke for him. Absolutely broke for him. You're right. Like I, when I think of Jamie Ben, I think of the snarl and the grit and just the. He's such a tough player. He really is. Yeah. He's, he's a last of a of a certain breed of NHL <laughs> players. There there aren't a lot of guys like him. Tom Wilson is the, trying to be a new trend in, in <laughs> yeah. the league. Like t- but Jamie Ben can score goals. I mm-hmm. mean, he won the Art Ross beat Tavares by like a point in the last second of an empty net goal with like 87 points to Tavares is 86 or something like that. But <laughs> he's he's a goal scorer, but he's an all-around player. That's just not something that's around and yeah, watching that that post game was oof. I think he answered one question. He just it was like barely. Two, he two got minutes. like three sentences out. Yeah. Oh my god, it was absolutely heartbreaking. He couldn't even answer the question about what it meant to him with this team. He just right. he couldn't even. He I I was I was watching so intently, and he literally looked over to whatever PR person was running the Zoom call, and he just looked at him and was like, "Next," <laughs> you know. <laughs> So the the interesting thing about Dallas, you know, they're a little bit older than the Islanders. The Islanders um, have a core of players who are younger than Dallas's core, even though their average age is is bigger because of guys like Boy Chuck and Grice. Those guys are possibly coming off the books, and they're, that average age is going to go down. So should Lou Lamorello uh, look to maybe build his roster kind of like what Dallas looked like because they already have the same style of play. So if he adds a couple of, of uh, scores, such as, you know, someone like Tyler Sagan or Jamie Ben, are they trending in the right direction or should they be looking more towards the lightning who won the cup and say, I, that's, that's the way that we should be building. I mean, I think after talking to Lou the other day, his priorities are in house right now. The only thing that he's focusing on right now is keeping the core that they've built in on Long. I almost said in Long Island, and I my life Ooh. flashed before my eyes. Oh, don't do that on Long Island. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so that's I think the best message that he could possibly send to the team right now, because they. They did come two wins away from qualifying for right. the Stanley Cup final. There is credit to be given and players that have earned the right to be retained and re-signed. So he's made it clear that that's where his priorities lie. But it's going to take a lot, a couple of moves to move cap space around and to free up some space to sign, not only sign those players, but if he were to be looking on the market, 
again, would probably need to make some more room to bring a Taylor Hall, you know, to bring a Mike Hoffman, you know, or Patrick Liney, like those players, you need there, there's just, there needs to be space made to do both. So I'm not sure if those moves are going to come until after he locks down what's in house right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and even, even with that though, you still, even if you're going to add players or concentrate in house, whatever the case is, the players that are there did a great job, but even from the beginning of this season to the beginning of the playoffs, they lacked a lot of consistency and that's kind of my problem. So I understand the priority, but it it really this can't be a year where they go back with the same roster again. There has this has to be the first time in a long time. And I think I mentioned this last week that it's for the the rosters has to change. There has to be a shakeup somewhere. And you know, then I saw I saw it's possible they bring back Broussard, and I guess he played really well. But I I don't see that as I like say uh, such. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you still you still have Komarov, you still have Dal Cole in their contract, and then we see I'm jumping a little ahead in our notes here, but like Hosang is going to be qualified. Like, where yeah. where are they going? I mean, Dal Cole, yeah. easy, stuff him in the minors. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. You can stuff a couple of those contracts in the minors, which actually pans out better for the Islanders than it would to trade them or to buy them out. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, Andrew Ladd's contract is better to stuff in the in the minors than mm-hmm. it is to buy out because they'll end so up with paying Komarov, more. I mean, Komarov, they would barely save a little bit more money between the two. Like buying them out, I think it was like point eleven million, like eleven thousand dollars. Like it's not, it's not that much. So I feel like that's probably going to be the course of action for more players than you'd expect. Yeah, I think something similar that uh, you know the the stars have and the Islanders have is they have they have a couple of young names who are ready to take the step forward. And you said you know Lou's looking to start in house, and and that's great because he, he's sending the message that he believes in his guys. But if you look at the stars, a guy like Kiviranta, he scores a hat trick to to uh, you know give the the stars the momentum going into the cup, and he you know continued scoring after that. I think he had one or two uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Um, a guy like that on the Islanders is basically obviously it's it's Oliver Wallstrom. You need a guy like that to be able to step up. Do the Islanders still have faith in in an Oliver Wallstrom to be able to slot into the lineup full time next season? Uh, the one thing that I've gathered from Lou and and Barry is they're you know they won't make any comments or any commitments until they see what's in front of them. They're big on waiting throughout training camp. They like to evaluate. They like to see what they can bring because I mean that to me was a stark difference between like the Rangers. Like when the Rangers came back, David Quinn separated his group. This is my roster. This is the reserves. Barry could not have done anything more opposite. He had yeah. everybody in together. Everybody's vying for a spot. Everybody's trying to crack the lineup. And that bodes well for players like Wallstrom and, and Kiefer Bellows, too. I Kiefer, yeah. I think, is right there, too. I really do. I was very impressed with Kiefer when he came up. I really was. More, uh, more than I was expecting to, I would say. So, I mean, I think that it's going to be a really interesting training camp whenever it whenever that does come about because all it's going to be so great to pick Barry's brain about what he's seeing from both of those players that are right on the cusp of breaking the lineup. And, you know, we've seen with like Sebastian Ajo hasn't been able to crack the lineup for the last two years. You know, he probably won't receive a qualifying, qualifying offer if I had to guess. So, you know, 
I I think it's all going to be about what's brought to the table because there's such a long period of time now that players can use to work out, you know, get better, hone in on their skills. Everybody's locked at home, you know, just like work out like a maniac, you know, put on a couple of pounds of muscle, you know, stay in the driveway for six hours on end and come and be ready to go. So if that's what Kiefer and, and Oliver do, then they could be in a pretty good situation going forward. To me, though, there's only if the Islanders are going to get a first line or top six winger that they desperately need and they've needed in perpetuity. <laughs> there's only one. There's only one spot available for a Wallstrom, a Bellows, a Dalcole, or Kamarov, or or whomever. If Martin doesn't come back, Johnston goes on that fourth line. Yeah, uh, I think he has better hands than Martin. I think it'd be a, a loss in the locker room. But I think that fourth line can stay together a little bit longer, even if it's, you know, a different thing, but the same flavor. Ideally, someone slots in in that top six and pushes somebody down the lineup. And then, you know, we James wrote an article recently about why they should avoid Zach Parise, which kind of does the opposite. You plug him in on the third line. He may compliment Pajot well. You know, I, I think there's something obviously Lou and Trotz know what they're looking for and and how to tweak their lineup just right. And they did it really well throughout these playoffs and, you know, with Peugeot and, and Green. But I'd love to see it from the top down. I'd love to see, obviously, I'd love to see a line A slot in and push a, a Josh Bailey down or even an Anders Lee down or, or something like that, a, a, a left-hand shot on that third line. And then, yeah, give Wallstrom a shot. You know, put him in there or... Then you got three guys you can kind of go through. I don't, I don't, that's just a lot of players to not ever mesh. And that third line, as, as James says, it's just a black hole. You kind yeah. of just have these players going through. And um, I don't think, you know, we've talked about this 29 other episodes. We don't know what the right guy looks <laughs> like for the Islanders. Is it a line A? Is it a Parise? What we don't know even what kind of forward the group needs because we're not in the heads of Trotz or Lou. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the main thing that Barry always says is that the Islanders are at their best and playing their best hockey when they get contributions throughout all four lines. You know, they pride themselves on being a four-line team, which is why I just can't wrap my head around them letting Matt Martin walk. I really can't get my head around that. I don't know what they're going to do. How they're gonna? Oh, you got a little guest in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, do I comment on that or no? I had this to. is uh, this is our podcast in intern, uh, yeah. my my dog who usually doesn't make a whole lot of noise, but just chilling, just chilling. But yeah, I mean, like they could maybe trade Ross Johnston and his one million dollar cap hit ex- in exchange for a draft pick coming up. And that could allow the Islanders to sign Martin for two years. You know, like give him a. You know, I feel like. After talking to like Sydney for that story that I did about like the coming home and and I just I talking to Boomer too, you know, he loves being an Islander. Like yeah, he, he wanted to come back to the Islanders. He chose to come back to the Islanders from Toronto. So and the amount of stock that they put into that fourth line and I'm not here to say because they are paying that fourth line 9.5 million dollars and that is absurd and that cannot happen so there's gonna have to be you know some pay cut taken but 
I feel like, especially with a player like Matt, who they just came so close, you know, they were so close that he would be willing to take that sweetener for the Islanders to stay with the team. Sezikis is worth every penny. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Up the middle, the Islanders are really strong if everyone's healthy. So he, he clearly was not right in these playoffs. I no. said that for, I don't even, I, I don't know how early on I said that. There was something definitely in the Flyer series. It just didn't have that jump. It He's, was the retina, right? He had the detached retina. A detached retina. Yeah. Right. But it, it looked it looked like something else. And I've I'm if I'm not mistaken, he did have COVID. Oh, did, I don't was know. he one of the players that, that, that had it? So I, I thought in my head was or maybe he did have it and then there, there was some respiratory issues there where he just didn't, you know, didn't have it and I don't I don't know. He just didn't look right and you know, I, sight is a huge part of the game and, and being yeah. able to kind of read plays and things like that. So that that definitely makes sense. I, I forgot about that. But up the middle, I don't mind paying. It's Clutterbuck who's expensive and mm-hmm. yeah, Martin's got to come back on a really uh, a team deal, team friendly yeah. deal, you know, million, million bucks. He's got to take a Ross Johnson deal. It's you he know, a million million per for 2 years and yeah. I wonder if you could get anything for a Ross Johnson. Honestly, I don't know what that even Looks I like know. that's why he, I said this. <laughs> he doesn't have a great. I mean, he's Islander fans know him for years, you know, from the A and you know coming up and throwing hands and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that other teams have a good read on him. He yeah, just doesn't I mean, hasn't played enough games. I feel like other teams view him as like a big mass, physical, <laughs> you know, type guy to stick on the third or fourth line, you know, and and that can be enticing to some teams, especially the fact that he's not going to come that expensive, first of yeah. all. So that, you know, and he he held his own for the times that he did have in the in this playoffs. I definitely feel like he he held his own and, and he he made a couple of, you know, that he pins in the corner that led to goals and stuff like that. So there were a couple of plays that you were like, Oh, wow. Ross Johnson did that, you know, like, so I feel like he definitely made a a decent case for himself this postseason. So, I mean, it'll be up to Lou to shop him the right way, obviously. But um, I just, again, I really can't see them breaking up that fourth line. They, I mean, you don't call, (laughs) that line an identity line for however many years yeah. that they have. And then they're two wins away from the Stanley Cup finals. They're finally getting like a, a very durable foundation to build off of, to be a contender for the next two years or so, and then break up the identity line. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like it's blasphemy. <laughs> uh, so obviously the uh, free agent period is approaching uh, in your gut. Uh, do you think that they go via trade? Do you think they go via UFA? What do you? Th- how do you think this all shakes out? What do you think happens here? I mean, that's a it's a really broad question for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think as far as uh, the RFAs go, I mean, Lou said it was his intention to retain all three. Yeah. You know, so I and I wholeheartedly believe that he'll make that happen. You know, obviously, you know. Um, Taves and 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 Pollock, they know that theirs is going to be um, a significant amount less than Barzell. Yeah. And I, but I feel like that's like a, you know, there's there's such a disparity that it's like a a known thing. You know, like I feel like it won't be an issue. Right. So I feel like I feel like if I were to if I were a betting woman and I'm not, I would say <laughs> that all three of those will be retained. 
Um, but again, as, as far as the UFAs go, Lou also said he really wants to bring Andy Green back. I mean, Lou was the one who took a chance on Andy Green in, in, in New Jersey, signed him as an undrafted defenseman. You know, I feel like he thinks the world of Andy and they knew before adding Andy and Pajot that, you know, they were good locker room guys and that they weren't going to disrupt the kind of chemistry that the team has. I feel like that was a huge priority for Lou. So, and, and Andy was also a, like a secret weapon for the Islanders almost this, this postseason. I mean, coming in for Johnny Boychuk, who is also such a locker room favorite yeah. and such a big presence on the ice, not only for camaraderie, but just as a player too, he just has a big kind of game and Andy won that spot. Like, yeah, he did. Hands down. Hands down won that spot. I mean, Barry didn't even bat an eye after that game. You know, there I feel like there was no question that Andy was staying in. And then when it got to the Washington series and he said, yeah, boy, Chuck's available. And then Andy came out. It was like, well, that's that's that. So right. I definitely think Barry is high on Andy, too which obviously carries a lot of weight, whatever Barry likes, I feel like, you know, they're going to go with that. So, um, I, I mean, I'd be shocked if, if Andy walked, but also Andy is what, 37 years old. Yeah. So he's not in line to be, to be a big cap eater at all. He's not, he's right. going to take a friendly over 35 kind of deal. Yeah. So I feel like he'll be retained. Matt Martin, I don't see Derek Broussard coming back. I feel like they signed him to the one-year deal before this season. Um, you know, he obviously got along with everybody and everything, but he was scratched, a healthy scratch, a couple of times throughout the playoffs, and you don't want that money sitting on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what One of the things that, you know, you had mentioned is Boychuk is such a locker room presence. At the same time, he's at, he comes at a... a Six million dollar a year cap hit. Yeah. Uh, it, it just feels like the the only thing you can do here is do what the Rangers did with Mark Stahl and ship him off somewhere uh, with a consolation prize of a pick or maybe a prospect. Do you, do you see that coming in in the uh, in the forecast? I feel like there are going to be a couple of really tough decisions that Lou isn't going to want to do, but will yeah. have to do. And I feel like Boychuk is definitely on that chopping block, unfortunately. Like, as much as teams want to value locker room presences and and team camaraderie and and that all that jazz, not with that kind of cap hit. And yeah. especially when he was so blatantly beat out of his spot, it right. just it was almost painful to see that. All that money, uh, not not dressed. No, I know, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but does that set up an interesting situation for the Islanders on the back end? So you have Pulak, Pelic, Taves, Letty, and then you you have an open kind of third pairing. Can Green play every night? Do you want him playing every night over an eighty-two game stretch? And then you have Dobson, who I also don't know that I want him playing eighty-two games. Yeah. You you have Hickey that. He's two and a half million dollars. Do you throw, do you just keep that kind of those seven around and you throw him in there? Do you get rid of him because he's two and a half million dollars and, and you can bring Sebastian Ajo may not be qualified. He may not be coming back. Yeah, um, I mean, so you kind of, and then you have to think about expansion. Yeah. Oh. So then you're, then you're, you could Let's lose not a look guy. That far ahead yet, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they, they have to, cons- I think they have to consider that because no, you're, right. you're, you're already 
you know, if you're going to keep, you're going to re-sign Taves, you have Pulak and Pelic. Um, Letty's a good trade chip, and maybe they ask them to take, you know, they figure out a deal where they throw in a pick and they take Letty, and that's the thing, and they, they're kind of free and clear. But there's on the back end, I feel like what they had, those it's six guys, <laughs> were it was crowded to begin with. But then crowded. you start, you know, like, all right, well, boy, checks, yeah, that's this. You kind of get rid of them. And then... Again, I don't know that I want Dobson and Green playing 82 games. You haven't you have a guy in Hickey that hasn't played in a while. Yeah. Uh, who do you all all of a sudden you're missing guys. It's crowded still, but you there there's three guys that you either don't want playing or haven't every night or haven't have a guy that hasn't played in a while. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really even think about wanting to play Green every night. I mean, like, obviously, they only really had him at the end of the regular season and when they were doing terribly. And, yeah, he was very durable and great for them during the playoff. But, again, he's on the older side, and it's not a guarantee that he's, you know, always going to be good to go every night. I, I totally hear that. Um, I feel like Thomas Hickey could definitely be a player that they move being two years removed from playing, like you said, and he is just doesn't really look like the same player. So I feel like that could definitely be an option for them. And I I hear you on Nick Letty, too. You know, he's 29 years old. I feel like he's really high on Barry's totem pole, if I had to guess from from the kinds of comments that I've heard from Barry, Um, even though he's been on the rumor mill many times before. He's Um, an asset. I mean, he, he I mean if you're going to get something back for him, I, I totally understand. I think it just all of a sudden, he's a guy that he played really well in these playoffs that Barry Trotz trusts. I, how do you just let that go? And again, and then you have expansion. So you're, you're going to let Boychuk go, Letty. Everyone's like, yeah, get rid of him, ship him off. They have high, these high cap heads. I That's think great. it's going to be. Then who's left? <laughs> There's a, I, I you think it would not be really. I think it would be really tough to move Letty right now in particular because he is approaching the biggest paydays of his seven-year contract. He's going to be owed 6.5 next year and then seven in 2021-22. So even though he has more trade value, I I mean, that just kind of is a a hard sell, I feel like right now. I I don't, and I, and also, like you were saying, he's an asset, you know, he's a, he's a consistent, you know, he's, he's a a dependable guy that, that Barry feels like he can always turn to. So I feel like, especially with such a short, when you think about Nick Letty, it just feels like too short of a window to decide whether to ship him off yet. I think it could be. A consideration if if Pulak and and Taves goes to arbitration, like maybe, but I don't know. You you wind up having a, a a lot of depth, and you then you go to potentially in a year or two losing a bunch of guys and having to retool. And the Islanders don't have a great farm system; they don't have a lot of yeah. guys waiting. And in- they're in win now. There's no question, absolutely no question. Um, it, it's interesting because you know we're we're talking about who's going to go out and who's going to come in and, you know, if it's going to happen. Um, I, I wrote an article a couple of days ago about, you know, who some targets might be for the Islanders to get. And, of course, guys like Patrick Laine were on there, Johnny Gaudreau, whatever. Um, Johnny Hockey. The, yeah, Johnny Hockey. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's New Jersey native. Hey, he's, yeah, he, he's on the rumor mill. He's been for the past, you know, a couple of years. So, you know, it's obvious the Islanders need a sniper. They need a goal scorer. Um, Patrick Line, I think I said this last episode, is is he not the same cut from the same cloth as Alexander Ovechkin, who, by the way, Barry Trotz molded into a two-way player. 
So that that's, you know, Patrick Line slight. But my point here is with Barry Trotz being behind the bench, does it really matter who comes yeah. in and who goes out? Because I really don't think so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He has every single player, no matter who's in the lineup, prepared and ready to run through a wall for him. So I feel like, you know, what whatever happens here, he he's gonna have whoever's in the lineup day one, game one, ready. I'll tell you the funniest thing that I've ever read online before. I think it was that Barry Trotz is the biggest star that the Islanders have. It's true. <laughs> and it could not be more true. It I is. really don't think it could be any more true than that. I 100% agree. I think that any it's it's not even going to have to be a sell to any other players on the on the market right now to come yeah. and play for the Islanders and play under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello. I just feel like that tandem in general, you might as well just stamp winning on the, yeah. on, you know, on the, on their foreheads. So I, I definitely, I I'm right there with you. I feel like no matter who Lou brings in and, you know, I'm sure Lou is going to take heavy consideration from whatever Trot says and whatever Trot says is the need to be filled and Lou will deliver it and Barry will make it work with whoever it is. Right. I, I largely agree with both of you, but I feel like for the first time in an, a long time, shouldn't it matter who the Islanders bring in? Like, shouldn't we be looking at a actual game-changing talent or well, someone right. that moves the actual needle? Like, so, Parise would have been great. I, years ago, it would have been like, oh my God, what a, a big name coming to Long Island. Right. We would have been very excited. But like, I don't, it doesn't need to be Line. Like, I don't think... I don't know if he's the right guy, but it needs to be somebody that can score 30 goals, 25 even. Yeah. On no, a consistent. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I guess you can bring in Tom Kunakle and Broussard, and between the two of them, <laughs> they can put some bucks in the net. But I don't, <laughs> I'm done with that. I'm yeah. done waiting. This is not the Garth Snow era. We're not waiting with bated breath on the waiver wire on whatever day before training camp to for these names to drop out of thin air. And then we, we pick up, I, I don't even Marty reasoner who all the, these guys that just like would <laughs> fall Pindolfo. out of absolute Jay Pindolfo or <laughs> Radic Martinek for the 80th time in a row. You know, like we don't, it, it's time for a new era of this. Yeah. It's, I think it's, the way me, it's like just, it's time for there to be a player that matters. No, a hundred percent. But I, I think the way that Lou handled the JG Pajot situation should make you feel yep. comfortable with whatever he does, because he, he, the way that Barry describes it too, is Barry will be like, Lou identified the need. He identified the player and he went out and he got the player right. and then he locked that player down for six years. And then he went out his like fifth shift as an Islander and, and threw hands with Jacob Truba <laughs> and, and, and basically was like, I am an best. Islander from birth. And like, you know, I feel like that should Islanders fans should take solace in that move because that was the most like sure thing. Yeah. No hesitation gunning for that player type of move that I mean since I've been covering hockey that I've ever seen so yeah, yeah. I think you should take solace in that and, and my point before was more about you know it's gonna I think it's gonna suck when we see somebody that we don't want shipped out like it, it personally I don't want to see Letty shipped out but he might be because you know you might need or to Boychuk. put him in 
or or Boychuk. Even and and I hate to say it, but even Devin Tays might make sense in a, in a move where if maybe the Jets want him in a package for Patrick Line, it might have to happen. So my point, my you know, is it is it more of it doesn't matter who they put in the lineup. It's more of if they ship somebody out, whoever comes back will buy in because Trotz knows how to do it. Um, now, the other thing you know, I wanted to mention before, it was funny, our, our friend, uh, and I believe you know him too, our friend Rob Tao tweeted before, who's the next king of New York mm. um, since, you know, Henrik Lundqvist got bought out? Questions, uh, so, questions, whispers, Henrik yeah. got bought out. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody had tweeted back at him and said, it's Barry Trotz. <laughs> no, so, that's what I'm saying. Like right. Barry Trotz is the name of names on the yeah, Islanders, exactly. and I would say Lula Morello is a very close second. That's as true. Well. That's so, general manager of the year, Lula Morello. I know. Right. Yeah, that's general manager of the year, Lula Morello too. Right. So if anybody is going, is you know, I'm sure. Obviously, people are listening to this, but if anybody is not taking solace in in the fact that you know, just yesterday. Uh, Lou Lamarillo said, I think there's more players who are going to be available than we think. Okay, yeah. wake up. He's saying he knows what he's doing. He has he has a mission on his mind, and he's going to get it done. I have no doubt that that's going to happen. It could be completely nobody that I'm even thinking of. You know, my article, like, like I said before, was Ehlers, Lyonnais, Gaudreau. Uh, I think I even put Dominic Kubelik in there, Anthony Manta. But it could very well be Dad somebody enough. out of left field. Dadinov, right. Well, that made Pajot was at a left field. I, like, that was, I, I was just about to say, I felt like Pajot came out of freaking oh, – anyway, oh, my God. I feel like yeah. it was just like, oh. And then I'm looking at his numbers, and I'm, like, thinking back to the some of the big goals he scored against the Rangers, and I'm like, yeah. damn. I'm like, all right, that was a move. Like, yeah. that was a – and to be a third-line center – that that's we, he turns that third line into a second line no matter who exactly. he's playing with no yeah. matter who was on the wings and that was also i feel like like i was saying why it just made them such a deeper team is because with all the uh injuries that were thrown at them with with everything that the you know personnel changes they were able to shuffle up that third line no matter who was on his wings whether it was Broussard, Johnston, Komarov, whoever it was he was making them a threatening line, no matter yeah. what. And that's yeah, worth every penny. That's worth I, every draft pick, everything. Absolutely. The Islanders basically have two second lines right now, a first line and, and a fourth line. So it, it's definitely – he was, and I've said it from the beginning. I've said it from the get-go. He's worth every single penny, and he proved it time and time again from you know the, the clutch goals, the face-off draws to – <laughs> uh, uh, taunting at, at, at oh, Brian Boyle. That was hilarious. He is, you know, winning the ping pong tournament. He is <laughs> just, he is an Islander if I've ever seen one. He just didn't know it until he got here. Yeah, he um, dived and, in head first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he just, he, he just does everything. He just bought the QMJL Ottawa hockey team. Yeah, it, 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 I'm like, well, this guy does everything. He's now a part owner of a, of a, uh, um, a franchise in the CHL. That, that's, it's insane to me, but it was a. It was definitely a, a much needed uh, uh, pickup. It was definitely worth every penny. Even and I'll even say Andy Green was worth the second round pick. I, the, I, I do I that so. trade every single day. Um, Who knows what it would have been like this postseason without him? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, kudos to to Lou Lamorello. And if you are not sure about what's going to happen this offseason, if you're having any doubt about Lou Lamorello this offseason, don't. You he should is, not. He sh- you should not. He we're is not ready. Trained. We're not trained for this. I Islander know. fans are not trained 
but it's a new era, dude. Right to have faith. It, well, yeah, I mean, having faith. You know, they have a they have a new arena like that's happening. They have a oh, place to play God. next year. They'll be back yeah. at the Coliseum. Who saw that coming? Some details to work out, but that's neither here nor there. Who there knows if fans will be back? Question anyway. that they were gonna play there next season. Even when they were like, "Oh, we're not. We're closing. We're selling. We're we're trying to get rid of the place." Like logistically speaking. Yeah. And also just like, could they really? just close the Coliseum without having right. a farewell tour. Like, I feel like, again, blasphemy. For I saw that. Fan. Absolutely. But, the, you know, it's, it. you know, a part of me is still thinking, you know, Ledecky and um, and Malkin are, are, are fantastic. You have Lou and it's a new administration. But a part of me is like, yeah, they're going to wind up at the rinks in Hot Bog. And uh, <laughs> that's where they're going to play their games. And I'm like, it, it's just how how the the team yeah, in the, in the oh, past and, and maybe we just you know they got they got to the conference finals so maybe it's time but you know as i sit and look at old memorabilia and my my zidane my zidane charles little plaque that that he signed <laughs> you know like I, I don't know man things change real quick yeah. around here <laughs> and that's and that's what worries me and that's why i say like it's just it's just time to do a big thing and bring in the you know whoever that is and there's probably some like okay, another pajo out there for a winger even sure. if it's someone to bring in on the third line and then you just have three Another second lines wing, and a third line, line winger. You know, no. just to have that consistency. I don't know. First I mean, line like winger. I just think about when first line winger. I, yes, I'm I'm there with you. I want it to be a first, first line winger. It has to be a first line. I want <laughs> I wanted that for a decade. I've it, loved, that, I love Lee more than anything. He he played unbelievable in the playoffs. He, he was so strong every single shift. Mm-hmm. He should be on the second or third line, and it would benefit him so much. He could return to 30, 35 goals on the second or third line. Lee Peugeot Wallstrom, what do you think? Oh, dude, <laughs> give me that line. <laughs> give me that line. I need that line. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about Lundqvist. Unfortunately, the New York Rangers buy him out today. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, as Islander fans and Islander writers, um, we were still sad for him. Uh, we respect him completely. He was part of the rivalry for most of you know what we can remember as fans and as as writers. Um, so it, it's sad, a sad day for for Ranger fans and for for Henrik Lundqvist himself. Where does he end up? I mean, I, I wish I was in his head and I could tell you. And I, while we were kind of waiting for a decision to be made, because obviously we knew that there was a decision that was going to be made soon after they touched down coming out of the play and round. <sighs> it, uh, it's, it, I give the organization a lot of credit for how they handled it because from people that I've talked to and just my view of the situation, he was with them every step step of the way. He was well aware of every decision that they were making. Like they, they definitely turned around and said, Hank, we're calling up Shesterk in tomorrow. Like just wanted to give you the heads up. Like it's coming. And, you know, he was probably like, thank you. Thank you for the heads up. Thank right. you for the respect of telling me. <sighs> when I was thinking about, what he wanted to do going into this when waiting for a decision, I couldn't tell you if it meant more to him to end his career as a ranger or to play in another uniform and win a Stanley cup. Like, I feel like that's a priority thing and only something that Henrik knows, you know, only something that he in his heart and mind knows. So 
it's it's unfair to speculate whether he's going to sign somewhere else or if he's going right. to retire because it all comes down to whether he values being a one man franchise type of guy or chasing that chasing cup. after the Stanley Cup for that yeah. last two I, three years whatever he, he has left in him. I'm going to take the Steve Dangle approach and say that he needs to go to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> You Everyone just go Taylor Hall, Lundquist, anybody, all these like, you know, RFAs or whatever, uh, UFAs that just, everyone just go to Colorado and you, you'll win a cup next year. You know what? That's what I'm saying. That would happen. It would why, 100% happen. Why not go and be Andre Vasilevsky's backup? Mm-hmm. Every other Ranger goes there when they're done in New York. I was about to say, it's kind of a pipeline at this why point. Why not? Go, <laughs> go make a, a, go help the Lightning take a second run at the cup. Why not? As- as a UMass alum, I would want nothing more than to watch Kale McCarr skate in front of Henrik Lundqvist. Oh my God, that would be. Unreal. I would live for that. <laughs> no, that would be unreal. That would be. Say it again. <laughs> it, that, that would be unreal. It right, be. that's what I'm saying. That team is already ridiculous. It, I am waiting for the Avalanche to win a cup because <laughs> I just I'm. I would love to see that for not only just the like Nathan McKinnon is just an absolute joy to watch. Like, oh yeah, he could be the best player in the NHL. Is the darling of the NHL like babies, (laughs) and he has delivered on all of those points. I mean, going from being a Hobie Baker Award winner into the Calder Trophy winner is just you couldn't write it any better. So getting a franchise goaltender like Henrik to come and backstop you and then going on to win the Stanley Cup is also a storyline that I can get behind. So. Yeah, they did. Years ago, Solani and Korea signed in Colorado. They were trying to chase a cup. And, right. you know, they all had injuries and all sorts. But I, I'd love a redo of that. You know, give me Taylor Hall, Lundquist, whoever you want. Go on cool. some bridge deals. Stick them all in the abs. Go win back-to-back cups in Colorado and go sign your ticket somewhere else to finish your career. It's not going to get any better than that. And it's and they have a ton of cap space, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, Yeah, they do. They have a lot. They could give him a sweet, like, incentive-laden deal. You know, yeah. like, even though, obviously, he's a little up there and it wouldn't be – as big as he probably would have liked, but again, the b- bonus performances are always, always a, a way to go, and and that would be, that's like I feel like how Henrik works, you know, the motivation to fulfill those and stuff like that. Like that would just be perfect for him. I feel. Yeah. Uh, so question on the on the Rangers <laughs> is Georgiev come back? What's the okay? I thought when it was getting to be that three goaltender carousel that they had going on there for a second. I was holding my breath because I was waiting for them to, to trade Georgiev. I really had a, a, had a feeling and I think they probably did shop him. I think they probably did. But after a couple more of his games. Unreal starts against the Islanders where he shut them out. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was going to be generous to the Islanders fans watching, but you said it, not me. He, did nothing but prove that he is yeah. the number two goaltender for them. And I feel like they didn't think of him that way right away. And he had to get there. And the one thing that I've noticed about Georgiev is he is 
confident in himself. Like he knows what he can bring. And like, I remember when I asked him before the first um, training camp that he, you know, made the roster outright, I, I asked him, I was like, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is your roster spot to lose. And he was like, I think this is my roster spot to win. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. So thank you for handing me my lead on a platter. (laughs) But also, wow, like that is something. And he was younger at the time. Like, so he just has that, like, he really knows what he can bring. And he knew that he was kind of, you know, vying for that spot. And he delivered on all cylinders. And there is, I would be shocked unless they got something like monumental for him. I just, I don't, I don't see them parting ways for him. I think that especially after buying out Hank, they, they solidified their one and two goalies. Yeah. That would make, sorry, I'm I'm interrupting you, James. No, it's fine. (laughs) You know, the way of the NHL now is one, a one B. So it's totally working in, in their favor. Yeah, and I and I asked that question because I had heard from, and I can't reveal my source. I, I had heard that that was something that was gonna. I have one. I I don't have many, but it was something that I had heard that that maybe they wouldn't bring him back, and that somebody else would be coming in, and just be for just for an asset. And then I saw it was funny because I I knew you were coming on. We'll talk a little bit of Rangers, and I saw is that Sean Tierney posted something about you know the quality starts of. Georgiev and yeah, people going back and forth and like, you know, he's, he's kind of proven himself and he's really good. And, um, it, to me, they've both proven that they're good, but they, have they either, have either of them played more than 40 games in the NHL? Do you want that? at one Two guys that played 40 <laughs> games? Like, I mean, combined, have they played 80, a hundred games? I'll give them better. Yeah. They together. Do you, Tired. do you want that as your, 1A, 1B, that to me is... Okay, so Georgiev has 77 career games. He played 34. He started 32 last season. And Shosturkin played... 19, 20. So, 100 games. I, but I think they I think they really know what they have in Shosturkin. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But even I wouldn't want Sorokin starting 65 games. Yeah, I know. I, I know what I mean. Like, I want not that, that kind of league anymore. It definitely isn't. No, I'm right there with you. He said that with all the confidence in the world and on their fans, you know, it's the white whale, blah, blah, blah. It's a sandwich. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But how I still don't want Sorokin playing that much. I still want it to be like Grice and Verlamov or Grice and, and Leonard. And, and yikes. I mean, you're a young team and, you're, and that's where you're going. And it could be a little cheaper. And I kind of get where the Rangers, you know, for the first time, they're. The last few seasons, they've been doing something that's a little out of character for the Rangers. Yeah. Um. You know, aside from your sign, re-signing a Mark Messier, and you're bringing in Yager and these big, always spending a million dollar, uh, Drury, all all these things over the years, and it largely worked. Goddamn Rangers. But <laughs> I that, that's what would worry me. You know, they have the first overall pick. You're going to get Lafreniere coming in. Mm. You already have a lot of really good players. Um. She's smirking, and it's as an honest. <laughs> <laughs> We know um, it. We like, know it. oh yeah, we're just gonna like, you know, take a one giant step over and around the Islanders this this year. It, <laughs> the rivalry is gonna be fantastic. I'm, oh, I'm super the excited. rivalry. I, I mean, just Shesterkin and Sorokin, like, heard their friends. Yep. They're both Russian. They're both like players, goaltenders that 
the both fan bases have been fiending for for what feels like so long and just to finally have both of them in the league and on the teams is is going to be monumental for the New York r- hockey rivalry and it's just going to be so much fun going forward i mean for me as a like the endless opportunities of puns and and just interesting story angles and stuff i mean it's going to be an, we're going to have a field day with it but i mean it's it's so exciting and and i agree with you you know, especially Shesterkin had a couple of injuries that he ran into, you know, like that could also be a test of his durability. But again, it was a sample size. Like you said, it's been a sample size of of all the goaltenders because, I mean, for for the Rangers, it's been primarily Henrik for so long. So and Lundqvist stepped in. That was the, I mean, and that's what that's what blows my mind. So he had injuries and who's the guy they turned to? And I then know. You, and then yeah. you bought him out. I know. I know. I don't know. I, it's it's they don't have a lot of things to be worried about. You know, there's not a lot to to think about with the Rangers. That tandem, the theory holds water. I know. I, it's the it's the practice and um, just it, like it's the also Islanders, Henrik's pride. Oh man, so, uh, it, it's devastating. It something, was uh, it was devastating. Something interesting I read about the the uh, Shesterkin and Sorokin lateral. Uh, I read Jillian Kamara, the the KHL reporter, like the biggest one now uh, since our friend. Uh, what who who's the, uh, the the Igor the the guy Igor? He's now a general manager over in the KHL. So now it's Jillian Kamara, and she wrote something about how uh, if you thought Shesterkin was good, wait till you see Sorokin. So I thought that was going to be uh, a perfect segue for for fuel to the fire of that rivalry so we'll see what happens but uh yeah as it stands Henrik Lundqvist is leaving New York and the last point I want to make uh for today's episode is I'm surprised by who's not leaving New York and that's Josh Hosang um Staple said he, he was spoke to his agent um and that he told him that the Islanders informed him that they were going to qualify Josh Hosang so I tweeted out one of two things is going to happen here um you know, Lou one is looking at Josh Hosang and saying, okay, he has a shot still, especially at his cap hit. And, you know, with the flat cap, he has the skill to possibly make this work. Um, or number two, he could be a sweetener in a deal this offseason that sends a boy Chuck to maybe, I don't know, Detroit where he can play in their top six or Buffalo or something like that, where they're looking and, and craving leadership from a guy like maybe boy Chuck. He could be an add-on. Um, before we talk about if he gets in the lineup, do you do you see something like that possibly transpiring? I definitely do. I, I honestly, when I obviously, it's been a pretty up and down journey for <laughs> Josh Osang and and the Islanders. So taking all of that into consideration, but also taking into consideration the upside that he could possibly have. That is a selling point for Lou, I feel. And I feel like if you're a good salesman, you can you can put all that stuff aside and and sing his yeah. praises where it needs to be sung and make that sale. <laughs> right. Now, on the flip side, does he have value uh, in the lineup? Is there a chance he could make it? I mean, i I feel like there are more skaters in front of him I would put Kiefer Bellows in front of him and um even like Sebastian Ajo honestly I would so I mean that on top of 
his history. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I, I think it's, it's to keep his, him in their back pocket to, for sweeteners. I it totally was, we, we don't want to lose him for nothing. Yeah. We don't want to lose him for First round pick. He has they tried though. That, that they've what, gone through. But they <laughs> tried to lose him for nothing. They like, gave him the, <laughs> yeah, and they, they could, and that's all I'm like, all right, so you're going to re-sign him. The guy that couldn't get picked up off waivers, you're going to sign him. And then you think it's going to be a sweetener? To be fair, he came back after he held out, which, yes, that's a story we can talk about in itself. But to be fair, he came back. He didn't say Pete. He did what he was asked. He played great. I mean, I think he had 10 points in, in 15 games or something, something like that. That doesn't go unnoticed. I think in the moment putting him on waivers worked for them in that moment and it would have been beneficial. But now that it's, you know, it's not really a seller's market. It's, you know, they want to have him in their back pocket as, you know, an added because obviously they're not attached to him. Right. And he can make, you know, he could just be an added you know, and then they won't have to deal with it. <laughs> you know, right. then that's I, it. There could I be wonder, another team out there that sees something. <laughs> I wonder, though, because, James, you had mentioned Trotz with Ovechkin and then what Trotz could do with Line and, and kind of rounding out his game. There must be something else with Hosang that they could, in two years, they couldn't figure out how to do it because he is such a raw talent. It doesn't right. make sense that they haven't, taken the time to get him in the lineup consistently and and, and work on his game. I mean, he's not it's not I that think it's unwieldy. It's a behind closed doors thing. It yeah. it must be, but then what do you call him? Like I don't think it's just it, like the bonus rights and then you're just maybe and that, that it works that for them the now, thing. I feel. I mean, if you're gonna right. he, he I couldn't I know he came back, but he's got to be over the Islanders. It's been think, 6 years now. I think the biggest point that you can make here regarding Hosang is that it's now a flat cap. Everything happened before COVID. Mm-hmm. Everything happened before the NHL lost their money. Now it's a flat cap. You know, he looks at his cap hit and says, "Well, he's making under a million. That would be big if he can step into the lineup. Yeah. And if I could attach him as a sweetener to make a deal to bring someone else in, that also works too." It's a hundred percent a cap hit deal. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line. I, I do want to see him in the lineup. I want to do. I want, I, I want him to spend time with Trotz during the season and outside of nine games. Trotz will whip him into shape. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was. It was very brief that he that he was with the team for for a long time, and then he makes it through training camp. It. I don't. I don't understand it, and I, I definitely see um, that you know it, 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 he's a really fast skater. He's shifty. He's, I think he still needs to work on his skating. He's a lot like, you know, Dobson's kind of in that boat where he needs to gain some weight. He needs to look like a little <laughs> bit of a, a wet it. noodle out there, like Tavares did in his first couple of years. He was a, a young guy, and um, he's kind of getting thrown around a little bit. His skating was not nearly as strong as it is even now, you know, 10, 11 years into his career. Um, but I don't know, six years, you can't figure it. Like, two general managers, yeah. three, four coaches – it's, it's got to be behind the scenes. It's it's got to be what you're saying, but I, I don't know. It's you, a behind the scenes. Not. It's something we'll never know about probably until he's either gone or no longer relevant. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's it's true, and I, I know Trotz likes Dal Cole, and that's probably why Dal Cole was the guy that stayed, and Hosang was the one that got sent down. When, I mean, but Del then Cole you look at like 
go with the flow, you know, like he's do anything that's asked of him kind of guy. Yeah, but he when he when you want, and I, I've joked about this, and James probably knows what I'm going to say. He he, <laughs> sk- he skates around, and it looks like you know he thinks the puck is a hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen some someone so nervous with the puck. He's like, oh crap, and he like dumps it in. And it's yeah, coaches, I, I hear them screaming in the back of my head. You know, he just doesn't. There's no finesse. I mean, and, and that if that's not his if that's not his game, that's fine. But there's not much else. I don't know. I mean. I see him dump the puck. I see him right. throw a hit, and he's off in 31 seconds, and he plays all of 11 minutes. And I it's, mean, it would I'm be like, monumental for Hosang to come to training camp and and win a spot, turn heads and win a spot. Like it would be monumental for them to get production out of a player with that cap hit. Yeah, it would. So that's I totally agree with James. I feel like it's 100% a cap thing. Yeah, the, the Islanders haven't had in a long time a forward who comes out at that kind of cap hit at that age and, and produces at that level. So it would be who nice for... Right, exactly. Who you knew, have a guy like Who knew Braden Yanni Gord, unless you were a Crunch <laughs> fan? Like, who right. knew any of these? I knew some of them just because I had watched in the last five years up up here in Syracuse. Uh, other than that, you know, the, it's a whole bunch of guys that, that no one's ever heard of. And, I mean, the Islanders need to kind of play both ends here they need to bring in someone that's a big name that can uh, move the needle but they do need some of these guys coming up and they yeah. and they have and it's mostly been on defense which is fine because of the coach we have right you have mm-hmm. Taze, Pulak, Mayfield, Pelic that they're all homegrown guys which is awesome there aren't a lot of teams that have four NHL caliber defensemen that came up through your system uh, but they 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 really need a Wallstrom or somebody um, who James would much prefer yes I would <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that about wraps it up for us today, guys. Uh, Molly, we thank you so much for coming on. This was a, a great time. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you um, on social media and, and wherever your uh, work is? Sure. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, my Twitter is my name, Molly Walker, with two E's and two R's. <laughs> yes, I found that out today when I was posting that. <laughs> <laughs> such a funny way to say it. two e's two r's put it down yeah <laughs> uh that's funny because john's is john zeller with no h and we <laughs> we say it all the time um and you guys can find me on twitter at james nichols nyi uh you can find us on instagram and, and twitter and facebook uh at nasa and hockey um follow us on all podcast platforms spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, um and anywhere else you uh, listen to your podcast. Um, and until next time, guys, let's go out. Let's go.